there it is right there. Awesome. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody good? Awesome. Awesome, man. You guys are a lively bunch today, probably because you got to sleep in. First service wasn't as awake. Uh, that's all right. Uh, if you got a Bible, why don't you go ahead and grab those and turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to start off today. And uh, we'll be kind of bouncing around the Bible a little bit, but uh, we'll start off in Matthew chapter 28. Well, again, man, if this is your first time, uh, I am not Pastor Troy. Obviously, he is in Los Angeles, Hollywood. Uh, my name is Vince. Uh, I primarily serve on the worship team here at City Church and also help with our uh, students with the 662 on Wednesday nights. I've been married to uh, my beautiful, awesome wife, Allie, for the last two and a half years. She's sitting on the front row right here. And uh, we have our first little baby girl on the way coming in the end of September. So we're super, super stoked about that. So um, what I want to do as we get started is I want to set you guys up with a question uh, to really set up exactly where I'm going today. And I, and I want you to be honest with me, all right? Can we be honest in church today? Uh, so how many of you like or you love to be comfortable? Raise your hand. You just like or you love to be comfortable. Okay, yeah. We, uh, you can insert whatever definition of comfort there you want. You just know you like uh, to be comfortable. Uh, so just to kind of have a little bit of fun with this, kind of want to play out some scenarios that I think all of us can relate to. Uh, how many of you love to be comfortable uh, when you're in your house on a super hot day and you're chilling on the couch watching your favorite TV show? How many of you would like to be comfortable? Yes, some of you want to be right there right now, but you're stuck with me. That's all right. So we can agree that, you know, we like to be comfortable in, in that scenario. So uh, how many of you would uh, like to be comfortable when you are driving long distances from place to place? You just want to be comfortable? Going, yeah, long car rides. I'm not a long car ride kind of guy. I can't do it. I, so I've got like pillows. I've got blankets. I've got the thing that cover my eyes so I can go to sleep because I want to be comfortable. Uh, how many of you have ever flown before? Anybody ever flown on a plane, traveled by airplane? Yeah. Um, how many of you would actually like to be comfortable when you're traveling on an airplane? Because we all know that can be kind of a tense situation uh, right there. But for me personally, I experienced the deepest level of comfort in my life around 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. And 6 a.m. is when my alarm goes off for work. So let me play this out for you. This is what happens just about every morning I get up for work. Uh, my, my air conditioner, our air conditioner in the house is set to 67, along with our two fans that are blowing in our bedroom. So you know, like if a penguin walks in there, they're thinking, dang, it's cold in here. Like, they're like we want it cold in our house. And so I've got the blanket, I've got the comforter pushed up to my face, or I've got it like wrapped around my head, and I'm just like sitting there for the next 10, 15 minutes, and I'm just in the zone, right? It's like your bed just kind of grows arms, and it kind of holds you there for about, you know, another 10, 15 minutes. How many of you know that's a comfortable spot right there? We can all agree that that's pretty awesome, right? Um, some of you actually experienced that at church today uh, when, before you got up. So we can all agree that we like to be comfortable. Right? And, and again, you can insert whatever definition of being comfortable there you want to, uh, but we just like to be comfortable. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk to you guys about a subject that, if we could be all honest in the room, isn't so comfortable to talk about. Today, I want to talk to you as we continue our Go message series. I want to talk to you guys about evangelism. I want to talk to you about evangelism today. And basically, evangelism is a churchy word that means sharing the good news of Jesus. It means sharing uh, the gospel of, of Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection uh, with people who do not know him. And, and one reason why I believe that it could be such an uncomfortable subject to talk about is, is, one, people really don't know what it means. 
right, for maybe a new Christian or somebody who hasn't been saved that long and, and, and they're in church and they're hearing a pastor or a preacher talk about, man, you need to evangelize, you need to evangelize, you need to evangelize, and they have no idea what the heck is coming out of their mouth. And so it can be kind of an uncomfortable situation when you don't know uh, what that word means. But another reason why I believe it can be uncomfortable for most of us in the room is because we do know what it means, right? As a Christian, you do know what it means that you have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to step out of your comfort spot. You have to get out of the bed, right, when, it, when it's that good. And you have to share Jesus with somebody. You have to get out of your comfort zone and share Jesus and have a conversation with that person. And listen, I get it. I completely understand why it can be such an uncomfortable subject. Because for me, personally, this is one of the hardest things that I struggle with as a Christian. To be completely honest with you, this is one of the most difficult things that I struggle with as a follower of Jesus. So today, I don't want to talk to you like I'm an expert or like I'm a genius or like I have it figured out or I don't have like 13 ways on how you can be a great evangelist like me. But I simply just want to share with you some characteristics and some keys that God has been teaching me over the last few months about this subject. So before we do that, I just want to go ahead and pray one more time. And I just want you right where you're at to ask God to really open up your heart and open up your mind and open open up your spirit to really receive what he has for you today. Father, thank you so much for today. God, I ask that you would just speak to us. God, I ask that you would just change us. God, and I ask that you would just light a fire in our heart that God could not be so, Lord, as we talk about this subject, God, as uncomfortable as it can be, Lord, I just ask that you would just challenge us, God, that you would push us to be better followers of you. Lord, we love you, and we honor you, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Well, Matthew chapter 28 is a very famous passage of Scripture, but just to really catch you up on exactly how we get to this point, Jesus, he's already died on the cross, and he's already taken our place at Calvary, and, and three days after dying on the cross, he, he comes out of the grave, conquering sin and death, where as we sang about today, he is now the resurrected king. He is the resurrected savior. Can we get an amen on the fact that Jesus is the resurrected king? And then he appears to his disciples, and he stays on earth for another 40 days doing some incredible awesome stuff. And then uh, right before he's about to ascend back into heaven where he is ruling and he is reigning today, he leaves him with this powerful statement. So starting in Matthew 28, in verse 18, the Bible says this. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Everybody say go. Go, right. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus gives them this powerful statement. And and as I was thinking about this, man, this should be like the mission statement for our life, right? Like this should be something that we take with us everywhere we go, no matter what, man. This should be something that we read before we head off uh, into work or before we go to school, man. This should be something that we really take hold of as a follower of Jesus. So today, I just want to share with you three keys to evangelizing, three keys to sharing Jesus with the people in our life who don't know him. So the first thing I want you to go ahead and write down is we should evangelize urgently. We should evangelize urgently. Nobody likes to feel rushed, right? I've never met a person who who just likes to feel rushed all the time. We like to take our times, like to take our time doing certain things or doing certain tasks. So For me, one thing that I absolutely have no sense of urgency on whatsoever is paying my phone bill. Um, I absolutely hate, 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 hate paying the phone bill. It's just a burden on my finances 
I just don't take it seriously personally. So, uh, true story, <laughs> true story, uh, a few months ago, Allie uh, told me to go ahead and pay the phone bill. It was about like a week or two out before it was due, and she said, you know, hey, I just, you know, just want to let you know that the phone bill's due, so you just need to go ahead and pay it. So I'm like, you know, all right, you know, whatever, I got it. Um, so about three days before the phone bill's due, uh, she asked, hey, did you, know, did you pay the phone bill? I'm like, no, I haven't paid it yet, you know, but I'll get around to it, you know, I promise you, I've, I've got this under control. And she's like, okay. So the day before the phone bill's due, I still haven't paid it yet. And she's like, you know, hey, did you pay the phone bill? So I'm like, no, I haven't paid it yet. You know, I'm not worried about it right now. She's like, we need that money to come out of the account, so I need you to pay the phone bill. So I'm like, you know what, I got it, no worries. So about three days after the phone bill was due, um, I still hadn't paid it yet. And she's kind of th- scrolling through the account. She, she looks at her phone. She's like, Vince, did you not pay the phone bill? Now I'm about to make a connection with every married man in the room when I'm about to say our favorite phrase when it comes to a situation like this. So she asks, did you pay the phone bill? My response is, uh-uh, I forgot. Right? I forgot. Right? And if you haven't learned that by now, then it, it will come useful sometime soon. But, but I was like, no, I forgot. But, you know, I went ahead and I paid my phone bill and, and, and it's all good. I still got my iPhone 6, and, you know, we're in good shape. Still got my phone connection. So, um, but really, if you think about this, that could be kind of a funny story about me not paying my phone bill, but think about it this way. I think a lot of Christians treat evangelism the same way that I treat my phone bill. Is it something that we don't prioritize? It's something that we don't take seriously, and we just don't have a sense of urgency when it comes to it. And what happens when I don't pay my phone bill? What do you think is going to happen when, when I don't send that payment in every month? What do you think is going to happen to my, to my cell phone plan? It's going to get canceled, right? I'm going to be disconnected from the cell phone provider. And I think that oftentimes when we don't answer the call of God on our life, when we aren't urgent in doing the thing that God has called us to do, when we're not obedient to what God has called us to do, we get slowly but surely disconnected from the provider. But I believe God is serious about the subject of evangelism. I believe that God is serious about his people sharing Jesus with others because God is serious on where people will spend eternity. And as followers of Jesus, we need to be concerned with the things that Jesus concerned with, right? We need to be concerned with the fact that people are dying and going to hell daily, and we need to be concerned about where people spend eternity. And, and I already know the excuses that, that we make, right? With the phone bill, what? I really didn't forget, right? I knew that it was due. I just made an excuse. And when it comes to evangelism, there's all types of excuses that you can make. Man, I'll just do it tomorrow, right? When God tells you to, to share Jesus with somebody, what's the excuses? I'll just do it tomorrow. You know, if their pulse is still going, you know, I'm all good, you know, and, and they'll be here tomorrow. You know, I'll do it when I'm like spiritually fit, right? When I feel like I, I know more about the Bible. So, you know, I'll just do it then. And we make excuses when it comes to this topic. And if you haven't really paid attention to, to the news or Facebook lately, you really do know that people need Jesus, right? Like what, ha- what is happening in, in Louisiana and in, what, Minnesota? And we just actually just saw a story last night about another person who got shot. Man, you do know that people in this life, in our world, really need Jesus. Because here's what I know is that we all only have one life to live to do this. You have one life. You only die once. You don't come back to life. You have one life to really make this count. But you have multiple opportunities to do so. 
You have multiple opportunities to share Jesus with somebody. And when Jesus gave this commission to his disciples, man, this wasn't something that, that Jesus was just suggesting to them, right? It wasn't something that he said, you know, maybe you should think about this, you know, take your time with it. But this was actually something that he was telling them to urgently do. He said, go. Everybody say go. Go, right? Jesus said, go. And, and actually the word go is, is translated in the original Greek as you are going. So as you are on the journey of following Jesus and in a deeper place and a deeper relationship with him, man, we need to be challenged. We need to, be, we need to step up in sharing Jesus with people. And we need to share Jesus urgently. And we don't need to make excuses about it. But I want to preface this is that it's an uncomfortable subject. That's an uncomfortable conversation to have because you might get cussed out. You might get laughed at. I've been laughed at way too many times because I talked to somebody about Jesus. Man, you might get laughed at. You might get scolded. You might get cussed out. But you know what? It's worth it. It's an uncomfortable conversation. But I promise you this, that if you push past that comfort, God will use you in an unbelievable way. So we should evangelize urgently. The second thing I want you to write down, the second key I want you to take notes on is we should evangelize boldly. We should evangelize boldly. God not has only called us to, to evangelize urgently, but he's called us to do it boldly. And, I, you know, it takes a lot of boldness to, to talk to somebody about Jesus, right? It takes a lot of boldness to switch the conversation from sports to Jesus or from music to Jesus or from uh, the presidential race to Jesus. It takes a lot of boldness to really do that. And I believe that there's this one thing that really holds us back from having those conversations with those people, and it's this four-letter word, and it's called fear. Because the truth is, is that we all, to some capacity, really do care about what other people think about us, right? I mean, we don't want people thinking that we're mean or that we're a jerk or that we're condescending or that we're greedy or that uh, we're conniving, you know, angry people. I mean, we want people to think that we're high, you know, people think we're highly of us, right? We want people to think that we're nice or that we're loving or that we're kind, like we're generous. I mean, we want people to think highly of us, but the problem comes in is where we care too much about what other people think about us. And, and when we care too much about what other people think about us, then that's like pouring gasoline on the fire of fear because here's what I know, is that when it comes to, to telling somebody about Jesus, I already know the thoughts and the questions that can enter into our mind is that, well, you know, what are they going to think about me? Right? I, I'm going to have a label now. And God, I don't know if I'm ready for that label. God, I don't, know if I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to take that step of faith. I don't know if I'm ready to, you know, to talk to somebody about Jesus. Man, I'm not ready for... For, for all that. I'm not ready to get cussed out. I'm not ready for all that. So I'll just, I'll just do it when the time is right. But as a follower of Jesus, you and I have something in common, right? We have a lot of things in common when it comes to following Jesus, but we have this one thing in common, and this one thing has actually existed since before the creation of time, since before the creation of the universe, and this one thing is actually a somebody, and the somebody is the Holy Spirit. See, as a follower of Jesus, you and I have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us right now. Guys, it's the same Holy Spirit that empowered the life of Jesus. It's the same Holy Spirit that was with Jesus on the cross before God ultimately had to turn his face. It's the same Holy Spirit that rolled the stone away. It's the same Holy Spirit that empowered the life of the disciples. And it's the same Holy Spirit that wrote the books of the Bible that you hold in your hand today. And one of the greatest things that comes with the gift of the Holy Spirit, because it is an incredible free gift, one of the best things that comes with the Holy Spirit is boldness. You have been equipped by God 
with boldness and the boldness to speak God's word clearly. And I don't think Christians this day and age really know how to tap into the boldness that God has given us or has has given us through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in my opinion, one of the best stories in the New Testament, aside from uh, aside from the life of Jesus, is, is a story in Acts chapter 4 by the, uh, involving two guys by the name of Peter and John. Anybody know who Peter and John is, right? They're like, like you know, they're infamous for the early church and for being followers of Jesus. So in Acts chapter 4, they are talking to people about Jesus. They're seeing people come to Jesus left and right. People are coming to Jesus left and right. People are coming to Jesus left and right. We're seeing the early church move. Well, there's a group of people called the Sanhedrin who actually stop them, stop what they're doing. They are ordered to beat Peter and John, and then they put Peter and John in prison, and then they are put on trial the next day. It's a bad day, right? That's a bad day. So the next day they're on trial, the Sanhedrin start questioning them. They're like, you know, by what authority do you do this? By, by what power do you think you can do this? And Peter and John, they talk about Jesus. I mean, you gotta, you got to think, this is the same group of people who are held responsible along with, along with the Pharisees for putting Jesus on the cross. So the Sanhedrin can actually put them to death right where they stand, but they don't let up. They talk about Jesus. So the Sanhedrin get a little bit more firm with them. They say, listen, we need you to stop talking about Jesus. He's dead. He's not alive. Stop talking about Jesus. So what does Peter do? Peter stands up and he says, listen, dude, we can't help but speak of the things that we have seen and heard. Man, we saw Jesus walk on water. Man, we saw Jesus feed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. Man, we saw Jesus turn water into wine. We saw Jesus on the cross, and we saw the, the empty tomb that Jesus walked out of, and we saw the resurrected Jesus. How on earth do you expect us to stop talking about something awesome like that? So one of my favorite verses in the Bible actually comes just a little bit after this story takes place in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It's in a little section of that chapter called the Believer's Prayer. And just to kind of summarize exactly what that is, is, is when Peter and John were released, the disciples or the believers, as it says, they weren't scolding God. They weren't mocking God. They didn't question God, but they simply prayed and they asked God for boldness. They asked God for boldness. Of all things in that moment, they asked God for boldness. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says this. It says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. That'd be pretty awesome, right? Like, what if the room right now just started, like, shaking violently? I think we'd all be a little freaked out. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God. What's that last word? What's that last word? Boldly. And they spoke the word of God boldly. The book of Hebrews even says that we can come to God's throne with confidence and with boldness. And as a follower of Jesus... You and I not only should evangelize boldly, but we must, we must evangelize boldly and telling others about Jesus. See, for me, taking up this preaching thing wasn't, wasn't easy. Uh, for me personally, I, I have severe stage fright. Uh, I, it freaks me out. And the most public speaking that I ever did was doing projects in school. And, and I almost peed myself doing that. Because I never, I, never took, I never took a public speaking class in high school because I always thought it was a joke. I, you never really did anything in that class, so I never took it. So uh, when I was 17, God told me that this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And so I look, I'm looking at him like, man, I got some bad eyesight, and I don't know what you're seeing. You need these glasses more than I do because I don't know what you're trying, what you're trying to do. 
But this is what he called me to do. And so about three years ago, Pastor Troy actually approached me and gave me my first opportunity to preach my first message. Now, again, that was intimidating because he's asking me to stand up in front of a group of people with a microphone while everybody's looking at me. And I about peed myself right there in that conversation, right? So we did this little sermon series uh, called The Gifts of Christmas. And, and I preached about the gift of receiving and how when, when Jesus came to earth, when he was born, we received the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and we received the Son of God. And that night, we saw four students give their life to Jesus. And, and that night did two things for me. One, it affirmed that this was what I, what I was supposed to do with the, for the rest of my life. This is what I knew God had called me to do. But the second thing that I believe it did was I believe God revealed a boldness side to me that, that I never knew existed. He, he released some boldness in my heart that I never knew I, I had. And two minutes before I got on stage that night, I read Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Because I wanted God to use me in an unbelievable way. And the same is true is that before I even got on stage today, I read Acts chapter 4, verse 31, while that video was playing. I mean, I want God to use me, and I believe all of you want God to use you at some capacity. Man, he doesn't just want to use me. He doesn't just want to use Pastor Troy. He doesn't just want to use Jimmy. Man, he wants to use all of us for the glory of God and sharing Jesus with people, and we need to do that boldly. See, the Vince that preached three years ago is a completely different Vince than, than the guy who's preaching right now. Like, I would have never thought I'd be preaching today if it wasn't for God revealing that boldness in my heart. So as a follower of Jesus, you and I need to step out of that comfort zone and have that, that uncomfortable conversation and tell somebody about Jesus boldly. So we should evangelize urgently, and we should evangelize boldly. Last thing I want you to write down today is, is we should evangelize relationally. We should evangelize relationally. So over the last seven years of being a Christian, I've, I've got saved January 14th of 2009. And over the last seven years of, of being a Christian and reading the Bible and following Jesus, I've learned that, that God is in the people business. Right? I've learned that God is all about people. And God is all about building relationships with people. And the beautiful thing is that he's wired us the same way. Because here's what I know. Nobody likes to be by themselves all the time. Right? Anybody like to be by themselves all the time? I don't like to be by myself all the time. In fact, my wife has been out of the house all week. And some of you men just kind of gave me that look. It's like, well, how'd you pull that off? I, you know, I didn't. I, it's not by my choice. She's actually house-sitting for her aunt while they're in L.A. And so, I, you know, I've had the house to myself all week long. So about, you know, Monday and Tuesday, I'm like, man, you know, I, I could do whatever I want. I, mean, I, I, I ain't got to go to bed at a certain time, right? You know, you know. I mean, i got to get up for work the next day, but, you know, I'm, I'm good. And so about Wednesday rolls around, I'm like, you know, this is, this is okay. And Thursday, Friday rolls around, you know, I'm bawling my eyes out, ready for her to come home, right? Because I just don't, I don't like to be by myself all the time. And God wired you and me as people, not just Christians, but, but for non-Christians as well. God wired all of us to do life together with other people. That's why we have friends in our life. That's why we have people in our life that we can relate to. That's why I can call Josh at any point and say, hey, man, you, you want to hang out? And, you know, he might say no, might say yes. You know, I don't know. But, but that's why we have people in our life that we can call and we can hang out with because God wants us to do life together. And like I said, man, I've been, I've been reading the Bible the last seven years, and, and I've learned that God is serious about wanting a relationship with you and me. 
And God is serious about wanting a relationship with people. In fact, God was so serious that he sent Jesus to die on the cross, not to just forgive our sin or pay our debt, but he died on the cross so that we could have a relationship with him. And we see in the Gospels time and time again where Jesus is building relationships with people. Just look at the disciples, for instance. Jacked up group of people. right? The jacked up group of people. He had one guy who betrayed him. He had one guy who disowned him. He had the other guy who was a tax collector. He was a thief. He stole from people. And he had two selfish brothers who, you know, constantly fought. You know, who's better in the kingdom of heaven, right? And, and they just were jacked up group of people. But the last three years of his life, those 12 disciples were his closest friends. I mean, the disciples went with Jesus just about everywhere they went. The miracles that they saw, the disciples were there. The miracles that Jesus did, the disciples were there. He spent his last, the last moments of his life with the Last Supper with his disciples. I mean, they were his closest friends. And God and Jesus is serious and was intentional about building relationships with people. I love what Luke 19 10 says, it says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Man, God wants and is serious on having a relationship with us. And He doesn't just want a relationship with us as Christians, but He wants a relationship with the people who we think are untouchable. He wants a relationship with the people who who we try to avoid daily. And I love the fact that we're doing this this how-to-neighbor thing, because uh, we're going to be intentional about reaching people in our life who don't know Jesus. And one way that we're going to do that is by party. I don't know about you, and don't take this the wrong way, I love the party. Uh, I love the I love Super Bowl parties. I love Halloween parties. I love uh, Christmas parties. And the one thing, that, one thing that you can reel me into a party with is food because I look like I hadn't eaten in about three years. So I am totally there when you bring food. Uh, but I love the fact that we're doing this How to Neighbor series and being intentional about reaching people in our life who are far from God. And to get people to that party, you don't have to, like, be weird about it. You don't have to preach a, a three-point sermon about how they don't know Jesus or how, how much you're better. Man, one of the greatest ways that you can reach somebody for Jesus, and I want you to lean in because I'm about to blow your mind. One of the greatest ways that you and I can share Jesus with somebody is by sharing our story. By sharing our story. See, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus, you have a beautiful, beautiful story to tell. We all have a story to share about how God has has changed us. I mean, think about who you were before you met Jesus. You were dead in your transgressions, but God made you alive in Jesus. See, you're not an improved old self, but you're a brand new creation. You had a heart of stone, and now you have a heart of flesh. Why? Because Jesus saved you. And one of the best things about a testimony in this room is that all of us are different. The only thing that's the same is that Jesus saved you. Man, we come from different backgrounds, but the thing that is the constant same is that Jesus saved you. And one of the greatest ways you can reach somebody for Jesus is by sharing your story about how Jesus fixed what was broken. Right, and about how he revived what was dead. I love, 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 love what Revelation 12, 11 says. It says, they overcame by the blood of the lamb, by the blood of Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. As a Christian, you have a beautiful, awesome, incredible, life-changing story to tell. 
And God has called you and me to share that story with people in our life who do not know Jesus. The last thing I want to do before we wrap up today is, is in your seat, you saw this little, this little sheet of paper. What I want you to do is I want you to take that little sheet of paper and I want you to write down three people in your life who don't know Jesus. 